So in a very minor collaboration, as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese con uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Orlando, Matt Buff, your host here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to be with you. And everybody's like, I'm staying in my lane. I'm keeping quiet. But I think a lot of people are starting to wake up. I think a lot of people are starting to wake up. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews and information. Go back two years on thebuffshow.com. Go back as far as you want to, and you see us banging the drum for freedom, talking about how lockdowns are horrific, the punishment of schools with masks, horrific. And now you guys are starting to wake up and see the line that you've been duped. The follow the science narrative was all garbage from the beginning. Welcome to the red pill freedom side of things. Let's jump into this right now. We got a special guest with it with us today on the Buff Show. Michael Beatrice is best-selling author and he's got a brand new eye-opening and in-depth look at the research behind the impact and my goodness, Michael, you did the research. People don't do that anymore. In effectiveness of lockdowns in a in a searing new book, COVID-19, The Science Versus the Lockdowns. Michael Beatrice, welcome to The Buff Show. Thank you, Matt. Oh, it's great to have you, man. Um, check this out, this story that was happening over the weekend. And the protests continued today in D.C. Thousands gathered at the National Mall for a rally against COVID-19 mandates. The Defeat the Mandates rally was largely organized on Facebook, and many of those attending are people who oppose vaccine mandates, vaccines for children, and other pandemic requirements and restrictions. More than 20,000 people attended the event today, and at least 200 of them were first responders and firefighters. If you want to get it, you're more than welcome to, but the government should never tell me that I have to get something ever. So that's more about what it is for us. Like, if you want to get it, more power to you. Do I think you should get it? Probably not, but well, I won't get it. And the law, law enforcement officials say they had to beef up security for the large-scale oh. protests. Oh, no. 40,000 people show up and they had to beef up security, but it was all peaceful. It's not about the vaccine, y'all. It's about the mandates. And people have had enough. Welcome all you new people that are saying, Matt Buff, you were right from the beginning. Michael, your thoughts? Uh, I, I, I think that there's an awakening that's going on. I think that there's a lot of people, uh, you know, a good solid half the country's been been uh awakened already about the harms of the lockdowns and kind of the overall risk of, of COVID-19 but I think what you're we're seeing a lot of is um uh a lot of people are both on the vaccine mandates they're really coming around and also there's a term that's been floating around called COVID moms which is interesting and so these are suburban moms or really any, maybe any moms that are starting to be awakened to the harms of closing schools I mean we had 16 schools closed a month ago, and now we have almost 6,500 schools closed right now. That's a, that's horrific. We're going to get into the schools. Um, there was a lot of doctors and firefighters at that event that we got to hear from because social media has taken them all down. They're not allowed to speak. So it was nice to hear from them. Um, we're going to get into the schools, but since I have you, Michael Beatrice, on the Buff Show, um, I got to take advantage of all your knowledge because you've been writing about this from the beginning. Start with the cruise death ship. Nobody ever covered that. Nobody did. They just said, this is death ship coming in and they're all full of COVID patients. But you actually put a paper out on this. 
So I was following it really recreationally as an American. All this happened before the lockdowns. There was a cruise ship, the Diamond Princess, that was uh, quarantined off of uh, Japan. And then the uh, Grand Princess, which I'd been on. It was the only cruise I'd been on. And, and it was its inaugural voyage, uh, you know, 20 some years ago. And, uh, and so I was really kind of following those because they were all over the news, particularly the second. And if you remember when the Grand Princess was porting in, it was kind of followed like it was the Bronco chase, right? And then it ported it into Oakland and everybody disembarked and then nothing really happened. And I thought, wow, that's odd for all the coverage that it got and Wuhan had locked down. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, the Imperial College had released their model that suggested that uh, by summer of 2020, we would have 2.2 million Americans die to COVID-19 in a do nothing scenario, which is really what the cruise ships were. They were a do nothing scenario. And so I took the Imperial College model uh, uh, assumptions and plug them into the data from the two cruise ships. So we had 7,400 people on those two ships. We should have had 155 people die and we had 10, all elderly, seven with known comorbidities. Uh, and so I thought, wow, this thing's really out of whack as we're closing down schools and California was the first state to lock down. And that's really what piqued my interest. Nice. Well, I'm glad you were there on the front lines looking at this with a common sense lens of things because when lockdowns were happening, especially in the blue states, and there's still blue states with lockdown issues going on. Don't pretend it's not gone away with their, uh, you got to show me your papers if you want to come out of the house. But the left is even banging the drum of, uh, you, you, you heard uh, Howard Stern, for example, unvaccinated people should not be allowed in the hospital or allowed to leave their house. Yeah, the Howard Stern thing really surprised me. I'm, I've been a Howard Stern fan since I was, you know, before I could drive. He was a DJ in Detroit where I grew up and uh, and a local DJ when he was up and coming. And we really liked Howard and he was kind of a rebel. And I thought he had a pretty clear lens. And his comments about Novak uh, Djokovic uh, and his vaccine challenges with the Australian Open uh, and and his in general, his vax mandate position. I, it, it, I, Howard's too smart to really, uh, in my mind, see you know propagate this i i can't understand it his whole movie and and career was about being a rebel in radio being different going against the curve and now he's this little sissy hiding in his basement because he's fully vaxxed he's got about 17 shots in him and he still thinks he's going to get 104 temperature when he goes outside yeah he, he lives in a bubble he's been one of the most uh surreal uh uh people that have been highly vocal about this uh in my opinion uh of all the people that have made big, you know, the big name uh, individuals or people in the media that have really uh, supported the Vax mandates. His has surprised me maybe as much as anybody. Yeah, I didn't expect to see his picture when I looked up mass formation psychosis. I didn't, I didn't expect to see his picture. But I tell you what, it's the same. And when we talk about the lockdowns, and I want everybody to check out both books, all right? Uh, we're going to post both on the on the Buff Show website, but and and you got them in the behind you in the picture. If you're watching on Facebook.com slash the Buff Show Orlando and Twitter and Twitch, you can see the books right behind Michael right there. But you look into the the follow the science. How many times? If I had a penny for every time I heard somebody say follow the science, followed up by something stupid, I'd be a millionaire. So the opening, the opening line in the second book in the science versus lockdowns, the opening line of the whole book is follow the science. That's what we were told. Uh, and so I thought it was important early on to take a look at what was the science before COVID-19. And so I sort of labeled these things as uh, science BC, which is before COVID and science AC, which is after COVID. And 
Science BC, this is a category two pandemic, COVID-19, it's real. Uh, and in, the, in that situation, both the CDC and the WHO's playbooks had recommended uh, self-isolation if you're sick. That's very reasonable. That is something people should do uh, maybe anytime, let alone with COVID. Wait a minute, uh, stop, stop right there before you go to the next one. If you're sick, maybe you should stay in bed. I don't think that's new. <laughs> right. But, but I do, you know, I, I think that, you know, kids go to school with the flu or, or uh, people travel. I, I certainly did. I, I, when I would get the flu, I traveled a lot. I traveled a lot to Orlando and uh, Michael Jordan played with the flu, but go ahead. Yeah. Right. So people <laughs> function with the flu, but it, you know, honestly, it's probably, you're not a hero for working through the flu. Honestly, you, it's probably whatever. Anyway, <laughs> that was one of the, so that was one of the recommendations was self-isolation if you were sick. The other one was potentially close, potentially closing schools for three to four weeks when a community was hit hard. Um, we can debate that one, but that was the most that they recommended. And that was really it. They both talked about face masks and they both said, there's what's called mechanistic plausibility, which means it feels like it should work. It feels like it seems like with a virus that spreads uh, through aerosol particles uh, that a mask would work. There's just no data. There were no studies that showed that wearing even N95s, let alone cloth masks and surgical masks really did anything. So that really wasn't recommended. And somehow when March uh, you know, 20th or 17th or something, 2020 came around, we, we just abandoned all that uh, all those playbooks and we, we went off on our own and it's, it's to varying degrees still going on. It's just about power and control. And it has been since the beginning. It's just more apt to see that now that the real science is out there, that this doesn't affect, uh, affect kids. Uh, Michael in Virginia, they're battling between the governor and the school boards about masks. Right. It's just pure insanity. Right. You know, what's really interesting to me is, uh, I did some analysis on this, uh, on the article uh, that I sent you about masking and the correlation between masking in schools and uh, pediatric hospitalizations. But I'll tell you one thing that's interesting. 14 states are required to wear masks in schools right now. All those are solidly Democrat states. I'm not taking a political side. I'm just giving you the analysis. But the yeah. states that, that, are, that are Democrat led, that could be vulnerable. So take a look at Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. They're not doing it. The states that are solidly doing it are Oregon, Washington, uh, you know, New York, Illinois, California, uh, and the Northeastern, the whole Northeastern belt. Those states, are, those governors are really not vulnerable. And so it's, it's not following the science. There's a lot of political implications to this. I want to break this down with you, and we're going to post this article on, on the buffshow.com on Michael's page when we post the uh, promo link out there. There's two states on here that have banned masks mandates they're completely banned and that's florida and it looks like new mexico mm -hmm. no uh uh no I, i'm not uh no new mexico has got a mask mandate so it might be uh arizona i'm not looking at it right now oh, i'm sorry arizona I, I i'm just trying to read while we're talking yeah so you have two states and and real quick how do those states compare to the ones in the blue on the map like in New York where they have mass mandates and vaccine cards how do the numbers compare Okay so we've got 14 states Virginia was one of those at the time for the data this was the data was compiled 14 states require masks in school and social distancing for lunches kids are eating outside things like that We've got another uh, 12 states or so that either have banned mask mandates or it's in limbo I live in Dallas 
uh, and Texas is one of those where it's in legal limbo. But I can tell you, um, outside of one or two ISDs, kids aren't wearing masks and, and the schools are completely with normal protocols. The question to really ask is, uh, if these mitigations, if wearing masks and social distancing in school, schools work, if that works, the result of people getting sick, not cases, that doesn't really matter, but the result of people getting sick, it should be better in the states to justify masks, right? In those states that have masks, they're averaging four pediatric COVID hospitalizations per 100,000. And that's with COVID, not necessarily from. The from data uh, where people would actually be sick from COVID, it seems to be somewhere less than half. In the pediatric world, it might be only 30% are real. But anyway, so you've got four per 100,000 pediatric hospitalizations in the mask uh, states. In the unmasked uh, states where there's not mandates and they're prohibited, it's 4.7. So the difference is four to 4.7, which to me is sort of a margin of error. And so to me, the data should be overwhelming to support strict mandates like this, right? It should be maybe threefold, fourfold, 10, 15. I don't know what that number is, but it's not, it's not um, four to 4.7. And somehow this just isn't, this data isn't getting through and the argument isn't being made to challenge these mandates. Michael Beatrice, can you stay with us for one more segment? We have to dive into some more data. Love to. All right, you guys stay with us on The Buff Show. We'll be right back. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight it's trivia night. Tuesday's half pound burgers, just five bucks. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings and parties. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary, liamfitzpatrick's.com. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to The Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer, Orlando, where we say we've had enough. No more masks, lockdowns, all this crazy talk. We're done, and we're going to dive into the real science of why. We've been talking about it for a long time, but now I want you to know that we've had two years of data, and Michael Beatrice has put it all together. Check out the new book, COVID-19, The Science Versus the Lockdowns. Michael, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Thank you. 
All right. After all this time, we've had to look at everything. You were talking about this map that we placed on the buffshow.com. And it's uh, 30%, close to 30% of all schools are legally prevented from implementing mandates. And you're giving the numbers that basically those shoot, according to their science, Florida and Arizona and those 30% of schools that have no mandates, all those kids should be lying in the street with black helicopters flowing over them right now. Well, it should be, there should be data that shows this, right? I mean, like there was a study done, the CDC actually promoted this, right? Mask mandates uh, and closing restaurants. So they did a study on closing restaurants and did that work. They showed a 1.7% lower incidence in places that had closed restaurants than places that had open ones. 1.7%. And that's just cases. That's not people getting sick. The data should be overwhelming if you're doing these mandates and you've got these huge controlled areas where the sample size is in the millions of people on one side and millions of people. We've got so much great data to really objectively analyze which one of these things is working. And we just haven't done a good job at dissecting that data and getting it out there. They keep selling cases, right? And didn't you find it strange that all these healthy people were standing in a long line? to get tested. I mean, that's what drives the case number. And then they use that for fear and control and media. That part of it was really surprising, particularly over the holidays. I, I was yeah. driving, ran, you know, driving down a boulevard near my house and there was a, a half mile long line in the right-hand lane to pull into this clinic for drive-by testing. And I didn't know what it was originally. So I'm getting in the middle lane and driving around and then I'm my curiosity's peak. So I pull in there in a different entrance and I check it out and I realize that's what it was. And I can't believe it. I can't believe that so many healthy people, meaning people that weren't sick, were just randomly getting in line to get tested. And and Omicron was spreading a lot over the holidays. I got vaxxed um, with the J&J shot last May and I went to a wedding over the holidays and I got COVID. And almost, I mean, a lot of people at that wedding got COVID all in one evening. And, uh, and I had flu-like symptoms the next day and then shook it off uh, and by day day two, I was done. Did you like how I didn't yell at you for getting vaxxed? I didn't say that was bad. I didn't say that you're an evil American for getting vaxxed. Didn't I basically just let you talk and not say, uh, or, or I'm just saying it's your body, your choice, your freedom. Did you notice how there was no overreaction? It's pretty cool that we can live like that, right? It's cool. You know, I, I do think, um, the, the real sin, one of the sins of the one of many you know, sins of the CDC and this this um, journey is um, the vaccines uh, do offer some protective benefit. That does seem like it's clear if you're at risk um, and there's risks that come with the vaccines. That seems pretty clear at this point, too. And so the messaging from the CDC should not be, hey, get your five to 11 year olds vaxxed, right? Healthy kids that are really at zero. They're not even it's not even measurable. The number of uh, COVID deaths in that in that age group. Uh, Whereas if you're older, you could make a good argument if you're over 50, over 55, that getting vaxxed um, has a greater uh, upside than downside, let's say. Uh, and if you're overweight, which is the biggest sin of this, right? Being overweight is so highly correlated to getting a serious COVID illness. Haven't really talked about that. Most people really don't know that. In my even social circle, when I share that data, there's a little bit of amazement there. Uh, and so those are people that would benefit from getting some extra protection, even if there is some risk. But the idea of, of, of a one size fits all sweeping mandate to healthy people, particularly young people that are that are really at no risk. It, it, that's not the science. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, there was a country that put out a commercial that showed people working out and said, hey, beat COVID-19, get your butt out there and get in shape. <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, it is an awakening. I mean, a healthy lifestyle and being being uh, fit, uh, yeah. not being overweight, uh, if, if this isn't the awakening that people uh, should, should you know, hear about, uh, I, I'm not sure what is, but but eating well and uh, and and being not being overweight is you know very consequential to having a great life. We're going to do another show on the COVID protocols in hospitals, how that might be very damaging to people that are hospitalized. But you can prevent getting hospitalized by building the immune system and listening to real options. Second opinion. That's been if I can name the show anything in the last two years, it's called Second Opinion. Get a second opinion and get the, the right medication and workout regimen that fits your needs because a healthier lifestyle, like you just said, Michael, not just with COVID, but leads to less problems with anything else. That's, uh, I'd love to hear the CDC say that. Yeah. I, and again, I mean, you know, when you've got Walensky, Dr. Walensky, the uh, CDC director, uh, and, and even going back to Dr. Redfield, and you've got Dr. Fauci uh, and other experts uh, the one thing they should really be highlighting is if you are overweight, uh, you will probably benefit from the vaccine. That That is a situation where I would be a proponent, not a mandate, but I tell my overweight friends, uh, you know, that they would benefit from that, even if they're holding out on, on some principal protest or something. Um, but again, that messaging has gotten lost. Instead, it's like everybody get vaxxed, everybody get boosted. The idea of somebody under 30 uh, that's healthy getting boosted is is borders on somewhere between malpractice and insanity. It just, it just, there's not science and there's not medical data to back that up. Did you watch any football this weekend? Yesterday might've been two of the best games I ever saw. Right. I agree that the, the, the four games that were played this weekend were some of the best football games. Did you know the NFL quietly said, we're going to stop testing and stop testing the unvaccinated daily because half the football league was testing positive, and what they wanted was all their superstars to be out there playing football this weekend. So they quietly stopped the testing, and look what happened. It was the greatest weekend of football. It's all political. Yeah, and I felt like uh, they probably got a green light to do that with the last um, court ruling, federal court ruling against the um, mandates. So I, I think that uh, you know, if you're the NFL, right, you, you don't want to get um, the mob after you. And so in this case, um, there's sort of a green light, I think, for a lot of corporations to back away from this. I can tell you I've talked to uh, some pretty senior people at, at some you know, major companies about this, and they don't believe in the mandates. They don't want to require them. They, they're hoping to get a scapegoat or get out of this thing, and, and the courts have sort of let them off the hook. Which is good because, once again, when we were talking about the kids in school, you didn't see a bunch of football players falling down and getting escorted by helicopters either. I mean, the, these are, you're talking about under 30. I mean, these guys are under 30 and extremely healthy. A mandate on those guys was insanity, like you said. Well, it's the Novak Djokovic thing, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Djokovic recovered from COVID. Um, there might not be a fitter guy on the planet, right? I mean, he's skinny. And when you're the number one tenant, you know, you're in great shape. And so uh, I give I give Djokovic a lot of credit for holding out uh, and for staying staying on principle. Uh, and I understand Australia. They they didn't they didn't think he was a health risk. Australia just simply thought it would, um, 
you know, put a hole, you know, hole in the dike there. Uh, and uh, it, which is probably true. That probably would have happened. Uh, it would have caused a, um, a local uproar in Australia. So I kind of get Australia's position. But uh, from a health perspective, Djokovic, you can make a good argument that that COVID recovered and with his um, physical profile, not getting the vaccine was an okay move. Natural immunity seems to work pretty well. And I remember when we're talking about the lockdowns in the last couple of minutes here. Uh, I remember early in when um, I saw Florida kind of opening and New York had the stay at home order and I saw their cases going through the roof. It seems like staying inside during the cold months probably didn't help or the hot months in the air conditioning didn't help. Seems like the lockdowns besides the um, suicides, the depression, the divorce, everything that happened in a negative way, it just seemed like it wasn't healthy either. So COVID is highly seasonal, that the spread is is very seasonal. Um, you know, when you're driven indoors, that does seem to, to drive a lot of the spread. That seems real. Uh, and similar to the flu, that's really, that's why we have flu seasons, uh, although we don't in the South in the summer. But when you look at the data uh, around deaths per million, right, everybody's fairly clustered. But you take Florida, right, Florida's really, and Texas, they're really at about the U.S. average. Um, and the most importantly, compared super lockdown California, uh, restricted and, and very, very relaxed or no restricted Florida, their excess deaths during the entire COVID period are almost identical. They're within like point something percent, right? And so um, that's COVID deaths plus any other deaths that are just above average. Um, there just is not any compelling data that shows that any of these lockdown measures do much. What does work is highlighting to the people that would be at risk, which is the elderly. So kind of an example is I've got a 90 year old mom in Detroit and we've kept her under wraps for close to two years, not isolated, but I mean, we've, we've encouraged her to, you know, keep a low profile. I got a kid in college who's healthy D one athlete. And I've told him to live his life as life as freely as he can. Uh, and, and that's really the type of messaging that should be shared with everybody is not everybody's at the same risk. And, uh, and the people that are, they should be made aware and probably be somewhat prudent. But there's no data that shows when you compare these huge bodies of uh, states and quadrants of the country with different restrictions, there just isn't compelling data uh, that shows that they worked. Uh, no. they, the, the number, one, one other quick thing, Matt, the states with the fewest death, deaths per million are all the states with the lowest obesity rates. Bottom five in deaths are also bottom five in obesity. Highest states in, uh, deaths per million for COVID, they're also the, the most overweight states. Uh, and, and again, that message should be getting out there. It should be. And human interaction is something we didn't really get to talk about today. But for the elderly you're talking about, a lot of people died of just misery just because they need that human interaction in their lives. But get in shape, people. Michael Beatrice, the book is COVID-19, The Science Versus the Lockdowns. If I ever become president, I'm putting you in charge of the CDC. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> oh, I think I lost him on that point. You guys stay with us. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. 
Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407 407- 3032-3396. That's cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to the Buff Show in 1594.9 FM, New Hampshire, Orlando. Matt Buff, your host here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to have you guys rolling along with us. You know, a lot of China stuff in the news, of course, not just the Olympics, the lockdowns, the virus and all this other stuff, but there's more to meet the eye and what's going on between the Biden administration and Chinese officials. We got to jump into this with John D. Coons, author of They Call Me Ishmael, set in the South Pacific. And based on true events, this is a novel about war, gold, communist China, the emergence of a new nation. And John's actually the author of three previous published novels, including China Fortunes, Ballad of a Tin Man, and South of the Clouds. John, welcome to The Buff Show. Thanks, Matt. Great to be with you. Well, I want to get into the book, but there's some news that I want to talk about, too. For example, uh, China scrambles fighter jets near Taiwan in wake of the U.S. carrier exercises. Uh, So they did it right in front of the U.S., and this is kind of breaking today. Kind of goes right with your book right there. (laughs) It it does. Uh, My book is set in Bougainville, and we're right on the front line out there. A lot of people back here don't realize how aggressive China's been all over the Asia region, particularly in the South Pacific, and this is going to continue. So what's going to happen in Taiwan is anyone's guess, but sooner or later they're going to make a grab for it. That's what they're going to do. I don't think they're intimidated. They feel very emboldened. They're really mad about the tariffs that were put on. And some people here in this country, John, on the left are saying, uh, maybe we should take the tariffs off China. The China appeasement syndrome seems to really be taking hold. Oh, that would be a huge mistake. I mean, look, we gave those guys a free pass for the last 20 or 30 years, and all they've done is take advantage of, you know, the typical American's sense of good feeling for his fellow man. They don't feel that way at all. They're trying to dominate the world and take advantage of, of really our, our graciousness. I want to play a clip for you, too, here real quick, because for some reason, it's so hard to get to the origins of (laughs) COVID-19. For some reason, we don't have the interest to do it. And 
Fauci's relationship, Dr. Anthony Fauci's relationship with the Chinese government is a peculiar thing. Check this out and I'll get your opinion on the other side here. So in a very minor collaboration as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. First of all, sometimes the truth slips out there, John. The collaboration with the Chinese communists was probably more like it. Right. right. Well, <laughs> the, the Chinese Communist Party... Those, it's, it's a 100 million strong uh, mafia-like organization. And yeah, I think he did slip. But look, Dr. Fauci's problem is very similar to a lot of others. China is willing to spend untold amounts of money to get its way. And they'll do anything it takes to dominate all kinds of institutions, including one that would, many that would surprise us. What have you seen? Because I know you write books about uh, China based on actual events. And I want everybody to check out They Call Me Ishmael. But talk about your background before you started writing these books. What did you see specifically that was really troubling? Okay, well, look, first of all, Matt, I've lived in China for 10 years in a row. From 2005 to 2014, I, I ran an investment business there. I've been all over China. I, I know it was as much about China as pretty much anyone you would talk to, I would think. A lot of people talk about China, but they've never really lived there. You got to live in a place to really understand it. And what I learned is what I said earlier, the Chinese people themselves are lovely. They're very nice people. The Chinese Communist Party is a different animal. It's a big mafia-like organization. Everybody's got their capos and their lieutenants and everything. And uh, the idea is to take over the world, and that that's there's no getting around that. And Xi Jinping is basically, you know, the godfather of this whole thing, and he's absolutely determined to reachieve China's rightful place as he sees it in the world, which is basically the leader of the world. That's why you've seen them take interest in uh, Afghanistan as well. The situation there, they see an opportunity, wouldn't you say, John? Oh, of course. I mean, look, we, we really flubbed, flubbed it in big time in, in Afghanistan. They're going to go in there. They're going to spend money. But you got to remember, you, you look at all these places where they've been around the world. What do they do? They don't hire any local people. They bring in their own people. They've got to get people out of the rice paddies into foreign countries because there's not enough room for them in the developed parts of China. So, it's it's a pernicious organization in, in many different ways. Well, you have the insight. And I wanted to make sure the listeners heard about your background too, John, because like you said, nobody knows about this situation more than you because you lived it. Talk about the new book. They call me Ishmael. This is about a couple of guys set in the South Pacific and based on true events, it's about war, gold, communist China and the emergence of a new nation. John D. Coons, talk about the characters. Well, Matt, one thing I can say that uh, because I've lived and worked in some of these places, I don't have to look far for, for material for a novel. And, and this, this experience that I've had in Bougainville is, is about uh, as gripping as you can find. It's basically about uh, uh, a guy named Jack Davis, and Ishmael, who is the guerrilla leader of the Bougainville Revolutionary Army that took over Bougainville and, and fought a successful civil war with Papua New Guinea. And Ishmael becomes uh, the leader of Bougainville, but he realizes that 
the, the enemy really isn't Papua New Guinea. It's China. China sent all kinds of people to buy the big mine there called the Panguna Mine, take over the island, uh, bribe politicians. And basically, that's what's going on. Why? Because Bougainville is the scene of the Panguna Mine. When it operated from 72 to 89, it was the largest and most profitable copper and gold mine in the world. China wants to be number one in electric vehicles. An electric vehicle, Matt, as you probably know, takes six times more copper than a normal combustion engine vehicle. So they covet Bougainville. It's sitting right there. That mine is ready to be reopened, and they're trying to grab it, and Ishmael's the only thing that prevents that. And he makes some unusual relationships along the way, too. Yes, he did. Absolutely. So this is what's going on on the front line. Bougainville is not unique. All around Bougainville, the Chinese have taken over the Solomon Islands, Kiribati, other other South Pacific Island nations. What's got to happen, Matt, is the United States has got to wake up. This is the same thing that happened with Japan back in the 20s and 30s before they decided to give us the knockout blow they thought in Pearl Harbor. Same thing is going to happen unless we wake up with China in the Pacific today. Wow, it's just amazing. And who are some of the other key players that are helping Ishmael with this quest? Well, right now, it's really up to the United States. I brought three chiefs from Bougainville to Washington, D.C. to meet with uh, Vice President Michael Pence, uh, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, and other people in Washington who are aware of this problem. The problem is there's a lot of issues in the U.S. There's, there's all kinds of places we got to worry about, Afghanistan, like you said. But this is really the front line. China is going to be our main antagonist over the next 20 or 30 years. Well, there's breaking news today, too, that uh, the Biden DOJ drops charges against MIT scientists alleging working for the Chinese communists. He was basically somebody who was indicted under the Trump administration, and all of a sudden they dropped the charges. We see way too much of this happening with this administration. We've, we've got to be vigilant. I mean, we've got to pay attention to this. They think nothing of stealing intellectual property and using it, et cetera, and, and worse. So what more can we do as a country besides appeasement? What, what, what is the better solution? You mentioned how you like the tariffs in place. What more can be done? Well, uh, Bougainville, for example, Matt, is in, in what's called the third island chain. There are three island chains that wrap around the Asian coast. The first island chain is Japan, the Philippines, and Borneo. The second island chain, chain is Guam down through the Marianas. And the third island chain includes the Solomons. We should have had, in World War II, much more uh, strategic military placements in those island chains than we did. We've got to do it now, or the same thing is going to happen, which is we're, we're not going to be able to move quickly into the Chinese military space, for example, when they take Taiwan. Bougainville has two superb natural harbors. It would be a perfect place for the U.S. and potentially Australian and even Japanese fleets to have a base so that they could protect that island chain. 
that's what's got to happen. Well, it's this is going to be an interesting story to follow in the future. We want to get you back to talk about this. The book is available for pre-order now. It comes out February 8th. Is that correct, John? Yes, sir. That is correct. You can get it from either uh, Post Hill Press, the publisher, or from Amazon or your favorite book bookstore. Well, we'll post the link to this. You can pre-order it right now uh, for the Kindle, the hardcover on Amazon, but also, like you said, directly from the publisher themselves. So we're going to get this book out there. John, we'd love to have you back as this story develops because this Taiwan invasion, this incursion that's already happening might, might be faster than people think. Matt, listen, it's been a pleasure to be with you anytime. Just let me know. This is going to be an ongoing issue, I assure you. Yeah, we'll definitely keep uh, keep you in the loop on the show because we know this is going to be an ongoing issue. We'll have to see what happens with these Olympics, too. John D. Coons, everybody. Check him out online. We'll post all the links on thebuffshow.com. John, God bless you. Thank you for uh, your Thanks, talk Matt. today. Great to be with you. Take, take care. You got it. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. A lot more to come. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coding services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. segment great to have you guys rolling along with us here in the liam fitzpatrick patrick studio matt buff your host here 94.9 fm am 950 the answer orlando um let's finish on a positive note (laughs) the prices everywhere are skyrocketing as you know as you well know we do have stuff on the shelves here in florida but get ready for those electric bill costs this segment is brought to you by all solar energy and after this interview with dave jenkins you're going to want to call him We've got a lot of crazy stuff going on. David Jenkins, Conservatives for Responsible Stewardship. Boy, between Build Back Never and the government takeover elections, David, you kind of had your hands full the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a busy time, especially in the utility sector there in uh, in the Sunshine State. 
Yeah, we're going to get into all that. Um, sometimes you look to leadership when things go out of control like they've gone in America, but we have this guy. There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. But for God's sake, please take advantage of what's available. He don't even know what year it is, so let's move on to you guys. Tell us what you guys do for conservatives' responsible stewardship. Well, we're pretty much what the name says. We're an organization of conservatives that care about conservation and stewardship, which we believe are traditionally conservative. Uh, we have about 20,000 members nationwide and uh, 6,000 uh, in Florida. So, and you're based in Florida, correct? No, we're based in, I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, very good. <laughs> well, thanks for looking out for our state here. And I, I know uh, you probably saw that march yesterday, which was pretty cool about vaccine mandates. It's not what we're really talking about, but there are a lot of people that made the trek up to D.C. for uh, personal freedom. That was pretty cool. Yeah, brave the cold. Yeah, brave the cold indeed. All right. So when when I was looking at some of the things that you're covering, I mean, the rate increases that you guys have been talking about are completely unrealistic for most families to afford. <laughs> yeah, the, the real thing, is, the tough thing is that this past fall, all three of Florida's major monopoly utilities, um, FPNL, Tico and Duke, they requested um, and got approval by the Public Service Commission for record electricity rate increases. And this is your base rate. You know, this is not based on the price of natural gas going up or anything like that. And um, so they're all going, you know, asking for more money uh, from the customers. Uh, Tico customer bills are going to go up this starting this month by roughly $16 uh, on your electric bill. Uh, FPNL customer bills are going up by as much as $20 a month. And, you know, as a conservative organization, we see a big part of the problem is that there's not free market competition in the utility sector. You know, all these companies have captive customer bases. <clears throat> if you're an FPNL customer, you can't switch to Tico. If you're a Tico customer, you can't switch to FPNL or Duke. Uh, they've got you. And so, as long as the Public Service Commission keeps granting them rate increases anytime they ask, uh, you're just stuck. You know, it's not like uh, McDonald's and Wendy's across the street from each other having to compete. Uh, these guys have it guaranteed. And the fact that they all came and asked for rate increases at the same time show you that they, they kind of work together in that regard, too. Um, so the other thing, and this is mostly FPNL, um, who's been in the media a lot lately, um, absent deregulation, you know, uh, introducing that competition to the utility sector, Really, our only option is to try to become more energy independent. And a lot of people do this by putting solar panels on the roof. Um, you know, I, I talked to a, a talk show guy uh, uh, a while back that uh, lives off the grid in Arizona, and he powers his house completely with solar. He, he doesn't have to, you know, have any connection to the utility whatsoever. But, you know, people in Florida try to do this to, to get out from underneath these high bills. Um, the problem is FPNL, they don't like that either. They want to get the uh, excess energy that these solar, that these residential customers or small businesses produce. They want to get that. They have to pay them like the, the market rate right now for electricity that goes back onto the grid. They want to pay nearly nothing. They want to just figure out whatever, you know, the benefit of that is to them and pay whatever they want. And um, 
that's a problem if you've invested a lot and put solar panels on your home because um, you use that excess energy and the money you get from FP&L or the amount it reduces your bill to help finance the panels. So they want to change the rule midstream. And on top of that, they want to put some um, extra fees and charges on you for being connected to the grid, which you would be anyway, if, whether you had solar panels or not. So um, it's, it's really scary. And the, the, the big problem is this legislation, which was written by FPNL, uh, was introduced by Senator Jen Bradley recently. It's SB 1024. And um, you know, FPNL wrote the bill. They gave it to her. They gave her campaign $10,000, and then she introduced it. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's, like, it's like a turnkey operation here. <laughs> and, uh, we and she's would, a Republican. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Uh, that's, that's a problem. Um, and, uh, I mean, with FPNL's influence in Tallahassee, it, it, it kind of cuts across party lines. So, you know, it was her this week. It may be somebody on the other side next week. Um, but, um, you know, to us, that's just, um, it's not fair to, to customers. Um, first you're getting stuck with all these, uh, these high electricity rates, which these monopoly utilities can, uh, they can go back to the PSC anytime and say, oh, well, the gas price went up. So we want to adjust the rate even more and keep going up. And, um, now they're trying to block your only your only possible possible way of uh, avoiding those price increases has this passed yet or is this something that's still in progress it passed out of one committee but uh, it's got two or three committees to go before it would uh you know make its way onto the floor did you get DeSantis's take on this at all uh no we haven't uh i mean obviously we hope if it would pass he would uh, veto it um you know i mean you know, making your own, being more energy independent is, is a conservative, a libertarian thing. And, um, we shouldn't have the, these monopoly utilities, uh, trying to squash all competition. And, and, you know, what, you know, when you look at these members of the legislature that, uh, carry water for FPNL, I don't think you can be a genuine pro-capitalism conservative and also be a shield for monopoly utilities that are committed to squashing any and all competition. Yeah, that's right. It's greed, but it's also uh, a monopoly. They didn't diversify either. They could have diversified a lot more and, you know, kept the grid, but make it more affordable for companies by diversifying. Talk about that. Well, yeah. In your stock, you know, if you invest in stocks, what's, what's the word? You know, you want to diversify your portfolio so that if price of one thing goes down or up, you know, it's offset by something else. Well, the same thing is in the energy market. You know, natural gas prices shot up recently, right? Um, well, most of FPNL and Tico's and Duke's, um, most of their electricity generation is through natural gas. So when the price of that one fuel goes up, then they pass on higher rates to you too. Uh, if they're diversified, like, um, you know, Nuclear is a much better deal now than it used to be. Uh, solar is cheaper now than gas and coal with new solar plants. Uh, so if you diversify with all these other sources of energy and make sure that you're not 
too heavily invested in, in one source, then you're protecting your ratepayers. But because these are monopolies, they don't have to worry about that. They're not, they're not competing with somebody else to give you the lowest price. They just have to, if it's, the price is high, they just go to the Public Service Commission and say, hey, rubber stamp me another uh, rate increase for my customers. Yeah, that's unreal. Imagine if we ran every business like that in America. <laughs> yeah, it's not pretty. No, it's not. And they're, they got subsidized a billion dollars, too. I mean, it's like they're playing with money and still doing these rate increases. They get to do whatever they want. Oh, and here's the kicker. For FPNL and their rate increase, $20 million of that was for them to pay the trade association memberships that they belong to. In other words, they don't pay those memberships out of their profit. They're making you as a customer pay for their ability to join these memberships that then lobby for them to raise your rates. This is unreal. And I just can't believe that a Republican is putting forth this legislation. What if, have you called the office? Do you guys lobby? Well, we do. Um, yeah, she hasn't been uh, uh, taking calls and uh, very much uh, <laughs> based on everything I've heard from our folks in the state. So, uh, uh, but, you know, I think if she takes heat from, you know, conservatives, from base voters, some people who she relies on to get into office, then we can turn this thing around. I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't help if she gets heat from, um, you know, people who never going to vote for her, never, you know, consider voting for her. But if she takes heat from real genuine conservatives and libertarians and, you know, people get, you know, mad as heck and say, we're just not going to take this, uh, you know, you might have a might have a chance. But right now she cares more about making FPNL happy than she does about making her constituents happy. We encourage everyone to contact Senator Jennifer Bradley. She's uh, Marion County, right? District 5 here in Florida. You guys have family down there. The office is 904-278-2085. 904-278-2085. Get this thing out of committee. Get the government's get get the governor's attention, the conservatives' attention. Help Dave Jenkins and the conservatives for responsible stewardship. Get this thing stopped, and let's open up some free market capabilities and open up that grid, so to speak, David. <laughs> yeah, we we would love free market competition in the state of Florida. Absolutely, we completely agree because lower cost uh, makes people happy. Dave Jenkins, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, just visit our website, uh, www.conservativestewards.org, and you can find uh, ways to write your uh, state legislator about this. Uh, you can find get alerts, uh, sign up for alerts. Um, so just everything's sort of one-stop shopping there. Excellent. Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention, this important information. And guys, let's get on it. We have to take action. They have to listen to us and visit Dave's website. Thank you so much, Dave Jenkins. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You guys have a great rest of the evening. We'll see you next time on the bus show. Thanks for